Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No One Likes Us Clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. Broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Except no substitute. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Friday show. Joining me to review what has been in truth a fairly quiet week at Millwall, but we'll do our best. But joining me is the man himself, Mr. Neil Fissler. How are you doing, Neil? Hello, Nick. How are you? Sorry, mate. I, yeah, well, I completely forgot it was my turn to talk, man. I don't know. <laughs> He's not longer up, listeners. Let's have it out. He's not longer up. <laughs> no, you know, actually, yeah, well, I, I thought I set an alarm and uh, everyone <laughs> didn't hear me when I said 8am. Uh, there we are. It's We try and do these shows, listeners, on a Friday morning to give me a chance to get it edited so people can listen to it on Friday or more probably on the way into the ground tomorrow. Um, hence this this kind of slightly um, just woken up vibe that we've got going here. Now, there's a big week ahead of us, Neil. Reading tomorrow, Burnley away on Tuesday and then Cardiff at home next week. For nine big points at, at stake there. And I'm still not sure that we entirely have a, a complete vision as to his, his, his favoured starting eleven at the moment. Yeah, I don't think it, it it probably it probably doesn't help that the transfer window's open for another week. Uh, so, so I think we'll touch upon that a little bit later on. It's been a strange old start to the season, hasn't it? We were yeah. full until last weekend. I don't know what we are now, but I think we dropped but to about eighth, didn't we? I think in- we're seventh. I just looked on the BBC website. We're in seventh with a bunch of other teams on seven points. Yeah, and it's one of those early season bunch ups, isn't it? Where you drop yeah. a points and all of a sudden you fall down the table uh you pick up a couple of points and you're up second or third and people start getting a bit carried away with themselves don't they right i don't think he probably knows what his best team is i think the injuries haven't helped so he hasn't been able to sustained run uh our defensive woes haven't helped which was normally 
our strong base, wasn't it? I mean, I've, I've, I've written a few couple of questions. Hutchinson to start, question mark. Malone on the left, question mark. Jake, I suppose you'd have to throw into the mix. I think it's that fumbling towards, certainly fumbling towards a an ideal defensive unit. I mean, I'm going to presume, Neil, that he's going to stick with his three-man central defence, which seems to, I can't believe that he's going to change that now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that inflexibility doesn't help, I don't think, because he set on this on this five-three-two mm. kind of formation, and he's got a left back woefully out of form. Uh, we're no obvious replace. Well, yeah, well, there is a replacement, I suppose. You could put Murray Wallace there, but but probably doesn't see him fitting in. Uh, the wing back, the attacking role would be where yeah. Murray is. The it's probably um, four to two. Yeah. If it was a flat back four, Murray could easily go in there. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think it's the inflexibility of the manager and of the manager's system because he won't deviate from it, despite saying that he wanted to look at other ways of playing and other formations, didn't he? Pre season. He's mentioned it a couple of times. I just think that the squad that he's picked, uh, assembled over the course of time and um, the fact that we very rarely change away from it, so it would be a complete new break into, well, the traditional 4-4-2, I suppose you could argue, would be a step back, uh, some would say. It. Um, it's, it's interesting, leaping around our, our little agenda that I've put here, listeners, I, I was struck, I was looking through Twitter and I saw a UEFA report, the likes of Roberto Martinez and Gareth Southgate working as observers, game observers, and they produced a report which tells you largely what, what it's like stating the bleeding obvious, really. Um, but they said that um, one of their, their traits of the Champions League football is that the most success, uh, successful teams play this 5-3-2 or variations of it. So I suppose when it's coming from the very highest levels, just, you're not going to get Gary Rowett particularly changing. He does seem to love it as, as a format for us. Um, but you're right, that inflexibility does leave us a bit a bit short on um, on, on options. I mean, Malone is the is the um, the main issue, I think. I mean, I, I actually quite like Scott Malone, but he does look off it so far this season. Whether that can change, I don't know. He's got no competition there, really, Neil, has he? I mean, Murray's not really competition. Yeah, well, that's what we've said. Murray can play there, but probably doesn't offer the attacking uh, aspects of it. Uh, is Tanto or somebody one of the one of the younger players does he play there? I think they can. I think Tyler can probably play there if you asked him to, um, but it just seems such a waste of attacking talent and, you know, yeah. one of our more ruthless strikers, you know, so to play him in that position. So it does seem a, 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 an issue. Um, and then you've got the central. I mean, you know, Cresswell has looked, um, you know, he's made some some good moments for sure, but also mixed in with this very uh, mixed bag of a start. He's, he's also made some errors. So um, whether Jake starts, whether Hutchinson should start, which is, I think I would have to go for, for Hutch, um, whether Jake alongside him is, is the right way, the Jake, Murray, Wallace, Cooper, traditional back three. But then you've got this, your star loan signing set on the bench, presumably, in, uh, in uh, Charlie Cresswell. So a um, lot of choices, a lot of options, and it all feels a little bit... Um, 
don't know if I'm overdoing it, listeners, but it feels a bit shiftless somehow, Neil, doesn't it? We still don't really know what we're searching for. Well, I don't think it's helped that we keep on giving teams two goal leads. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. No. Um, that would be nice not to do that, that's for sure. Although, um, I must admit, I don't think we... I don't think it's our biggest problem, believe it or not. And we've said it before without going over old ground. Yeah. It's the creativity side of things that, yeah, I know that might sound a bit strange. We have come back from from two goals down in a couple of games recently. Uh, but you look at that Norwich game last week. Okay, we played a lot better going forward, didn't we? But we still didn't. In the second half, and we're forced to. I think that's that's the thing that strikes me. Well, we weren't. The frustrating thing is that we go up to Norwich and we're not. Uh, we don't look second class, do we? We're not. No. We're not totally inferior to them in most aspects. Like I think when we played Fulham last year, and we had our backsides handed to us in the first quarter of an hour. But there was none of that last weekend. You felt that we were still in the game for quite long periods. Well, that doesn't hold any fear for us. I, I do agree about the creativity. I, I think it's um, I think it's Harry made the kind of comparison of a chef having some great ingredients. It's just you've got to you've got to make the uh, you've got to bake the cake. As he, I think I think that was the analogy that I used on on that one. I, I kind of liked it because. As a squad, I mean, I'm just looking at the options up front. Vogel, Sammer. Um, incidentally, on a total tangent, now I'm loving some of the pronunciations I'm hearing around the mill scene of our German Andreas Vogel Sammer's name. You've got Vogslammer, you've got um, Voggy, Vogi, you've got all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful pronunciations. But we'll come back to that another another day. Well, um, it's as good as when we sell signed Giftenbeld and. Uh... <laughs> Well, I'm not, I, I, used to, I still hear uh, Bilikovsky in goal. Who's <laughs> Bilikovsky? Yeah. And, uh, and, well, another podcast decided that they couldn't, or that a certain member couldn't pronounce. <laughs> uh, Kefton Bell, Kefton Bell. Kefton Bell, which is quite a simple one, I would have thought. <laughs> and, it, and thought it'd just be Keith. <laughs> So I think I think Voggy is, is it seems to be evolving because people can't say Vogel Sammer. Um, which, I call him in our WhatsApp group, but <laughs> we won't go into that. That's for sure. Not in a public forum, dear listeners. But no, to be given to be honest, yeah, but he's really good, isn't he? <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is another question. Starting Vogel Sammer. I mean, I would have thought that. Go, based on the little cameos we've seen so far, he'd he, be an option up front. I mean, it, I, I think maybe the the hard choice for Gary Rowe would be whether Benicophobi starts or not. Um, we won't we won't want to drop him because he's a you know star man. But um, I think that's that's going to be a dilemma. Well, Benicophobi just needs a goal, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And and I think the way we play sometimes doesn't help. Benicophobi, we leave him up front isolated, don't we? And don't serve him. That's yeah, right. And yeah, well, obviously, if you're not getting the ball anywhere near him, he's going to look awful, isn't he? Yeah, that's the the the, the forwards' um, eternal yeah. problem, which takes us to midfield. I mean, obviously, we've got um, Zian Fleming now. Again, I would have thought he'd be a starter tomorrow. I, I 
don't know the mind of Gary Rowett, listeners, but you'd have thought he must be at 1.7 million, which is big money by Millwall standards. He must be looking to start at some stage, presuming that he's fully fit now. So I think he, I actually think it's a non, it's actually a no brainer. I think you have to have, have him, Honeyman, and Savile because they're the three in form players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honeyman's scorer of a goal. I mean, you know. I think it's, it's the position that you're playing him in. I, I think Fleming is the more forward-minded midfielder, so presumably that means Honeyman drops into a more conventional midfield role, which might suit him better than where we've having, been having to play him. So um, it's going to be an interesting starting eleven that we see tomorrow when, when we arrive at the Den, listeners. Um, main story I've just seen on, on the news at Den is that we're still in the hunt for one more addition. I kind of pres- uh, In the transfer window, Neil. You're um, new- Yawn, yawn, yawn. <laughs> yawn, yawn, yawn. This is Richard Corley from the uh, London News Online, South London Press. The Lions are in the hunt for one more addition, addition before maybe some going out. Um, I'm going to guess that the ones going out might be in the midfield. I mean, there's, there's one or two midfielders that don't look close to, um, you know, I mean, I think the George Evans there now, now Neil. Um, although he does seem to be a bit of a favourite of Gary Rowett, but... It's hard to see Evans getting into this starting eleven at the moment. So whether there's room for ins and outs, I don't know. But certainly ins um, are um, on the agenda. Uh, there was a wonderful story during the rounds, um, which apparently has been nixed by Richard Corley of, of, of a Brazilian called uh, Henrique, who isn't on Mill's agenda. But there was a, there was a brief fevered, uh, you know, flurry of comment online that we're going to sign this Brazilian. I think he plays for Sporting Lisbon, but that apparently is all internet puff and stuff and nonsense, Neil. Yeah, it's all smokes and mirrors, isn't it? The yeah. And uh, who we're going to be linked with and who... Okay, yeah, we have been down the foreign route, I think, with two of our signings this summer, so that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to sign everyone that... No. And as for the internet experts, I doubt that any of them have seen this Brazilian play. He could... <laughs> <laughs> really, couldn't he? Remember that? Yeah, remember that Brazilian that we signed? Juan, Juan, yeah. Juan, and he missed, uh, yeah, didn't he miss from about three yards in one game and it was his last competitive action for the club? He's the, I think he's the sole Brazilian um, that's ever played for the Lions, Juan, and this would be, wouldn't that be, it would be about the late late 2000s, I think, wasn't it? Eight, eight, six, seven, eight, something like that. Um, but he did actually go on to play for the Brazilian national team after he left us. <laughs> like many players, they 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 flop at it then and go on to success elsewhere. But uh... Arsenal as well, he didn't he didn't make anything at Arsenal. No, he didn't. No. Uh, but so you've got to you've got to uh, you've got to be cautious with these clickbait websites and uh, yeah. and Twitter feeds and. The problem with our fan base is they seem to get a bit carried away when we're linked with somebody and all of a sudden the romantic notions of, oh, yeah, no, well, he'll be a great signing and you haven't seen him play. We're going to get the next Zico. (laughs) Exactly. And then they take a Vogel Sammer's, they take a look at Vogel Sammer's scoring record and decide he's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, but in truth, none of us have seen him play. Uh, you start dubbing Fleming the Bermondsey Bird Camp. 
<laughs> well, it's in the nature of the beast, isn't it? The internet is an instant reactive. Um, for better or for worse, it's in, you know it's instant reaction, um, which doesn't doesn't always give you the most insightful views and opinions. I'm just looking at uh, this is another Richard Corley story. Gary Rout reviewing the start of the season. He, he makes reference Gary Rout to the tough nature of the opening set of fixtures. Uh, Presumes meaning trips to Sheffield United and Norwich, which, um, you know, they both look like they're going to be contenders. Um, it does rather imply we're going to have to make the most of these kinds of fixtures ahead of us. We are Reading at home, Burnley away we might have to write off, but certainly Cardiff at home the week after are going to have to be ones that we make maximum capital out of. Yeah, there are, you know, but there are games, locks, I think they call it in football now, don't they? Mm, mm. Lots of games, certainly. You've got to be looking at winning your home games, haven't you? And uh, they're def they're both definitely winnable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Running of running of, apparently for those people that like the review of uh, of our forthcoming games, uh, Reading. <laughs> this is it. This is it. By the way. <laughs> yeah, Reading. The shit hole in bloody. Majeski Stadium. You have a plastic ground on the edge of the motorway, but then again, we're not going there, are we? Uh, yeah, well, they've had a decent start to the season. Yeah, three wins. Yeah, uh, two losses. Yeah. Never a team I'd like to play in for some unknown reason because the plastic nature of their support base, I think, that that they were the... For me, they summed up that soccer AM generation. Really? That, yeah, the whole it's the whole out-of-town... You yeah, Majeski is the classic example of. Uh, you remember that stupid chant that was going around at one stage? They score, and all of a sudden they'd start doing this easy, easy, easy. <laughs> They're like an expanded, larger version of Wickham Wanderers. I never enjoyed playing Wickham Wanderers either. It's another club that is always. I don't know. I don't know if they're bogey sides. They just. It's just never. It does feel like in the home counties. It must be something about that. It must be that kind of prosperous. The prosperous nature of these places, I suppose. Oxford is another one. I got an, an irrational dislike of going to Oxford. I yeah, but I tell you why. When we got promoted in the in the late in the nine in the late nineties, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, when uh, I think we went to the Manor Ground towards the end of the season. Yeah, and we won, and then they put us on these buses. And they drove us around Oxford for about an hour. <laughs> not, not the Dreaming Spires either, was it? No, exactly. It was all the <laughs> yeah, but it was all of the desirable council estates that, <laughs> that don't get any attention in Oxford. And then they put us in the hotel uh, in the in the station car park, right? For about 35, 40 minutes. And I think my boy was about. Eight and nine at the time, eight, seven or eight, and uh, he wanted to go to the toilet, and they wouldn't let him go to the toilet, so he had to. Right. uh, I think I think it's those unique away day experiences with Millwall. They tend to. uh, they tend to... Uh, they leave a grudge, don't they? They leave a grudge in, in your head. I'm mean, just looking at Gary Rowett's interview here, Neil, with uh, London News. One of the, the quote that stood out for me is he says that we're still bedding players in, and, and by that he's meaning, obviously, Vogel Sammer and, and, and to some extent, Zian Fleming as well. 
and um, and Creswell, Creswell, Shackleton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, hopefully, they've had a good week. Hopefully, we're going to see the benefit of that relatively quiet news week at the Den tomorrow and on into into next week. Yeah, well, um, tough one, isn't it? Because they're under oh uh, Vincent Company now, aren't they? Yeah, um, they're, they're certainly Burnley are certainly media darlings for that reason. Um, yeah, it, one that Sky have jumped on them. They've replaced. Yeah, but their other media darlings have got promoted. Well, Forrest and Leeds are out of it now, so they needed one, didn't they? Yeah, um, I mean they're not doing brilliantly well, Burnley. I mean, I think it's one one win. And let me just check whilst I'm speaking here, listeners. Before I was going to say, actually, Nick was they're under Vincent Company. I've seen them on TV a couple of times. Yeah. And they don't look anything special. No, I don't think so. One one win, three draws, and one loss, listeners. And Norwich a lot better than than, than they've looked. Uh yeah, I mean they're in they're in sixteenth. I I, mean, I, I I keep going to say that you know it's early for the table, and it is early for the table, just five games in. But football cliche law has it that after ten games you can roughly see where things are going for the season. And we're five games towards that ten game marker now, and we will be on eight games by this time next, uh, well, not this time, but you know, in eight days' time after the end of next Saturday's game against Cardiff. So we're kind of getting towards a shake, the shakeout period where we see where teams are placed and where they're looking to either move up from or, or, or will they stay there? I don't know. Computer's done us no favour sending us to Burnley midweek, has it? It's bad enough on a Saturday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those kinds of trips this season. It's it's a very very northern northern um, division. August and it's not going to be. Yeah, it'll probably still be one of those bleak nights, won't it? And but, <laughs> yeah, I think it's even bleak up there in summer. It's a ground uh, I've never been to, Burnley. I've been I've been I drove past it. Where was I going? I was going somewhere. I think I was going across that that uh, motorway that takes you along the. Lancastrian town. So I've been past it, but I haven't been in it. I've never been to Burnley. It's one, one of those few grounds I haven't been to up that way. I suppose it's always such a lug to get there, Neil. It's never an enticing trip, is it, away to Burnley? Right. I've been there. I've been there by train. Um, yeah. It was change at Preston, I believe. Preston's the big point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then you go through all of these toilets, for the want of a better word. <laughs> um, Places like that, and oh dear, I can't remember where I was going now. Why I went past Burnley, I, I, it'll come back to me if anyone's ever interested. Come yeah, well, the station kind of out of town, right on the top of a mountain, and I mean a mountain. Yeah, it's high, isn't it? Yeah, the station overlooks the town, so you can see the football ground, and you walk around the town centre, and uh, and you, yeah, you're thankful to be getting back to Newham that night, and it's not often that you say, not often you say that. Um, just looking at uh, just briefly, Neil, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to dwell on this. Uh, this is Danny Mack talking to Alex Jones of I think he's news at Den, Alex Jones, and um, yeah, news at Den. Uh, talking about this foul on Josh that Josh Sargent um, made on on uh, Danny and and on Scott Malone to score that second goal last week. Talking about VAI, he says it, it, he thinks it's coming in the championship. I think it will come in the championship. It, there's a logic to it, isn't there? The the uh, the Premier League feature it now. They feature it in, in all of that, that level of competition. I can see it coming to the championship, rightly or wrongly. I think it will come at some stage. Mate, do you know what? I don't think it was a foul. 
<laughs> I think it was poor defending. Yeah, I think it was just rank poor defending. And uh, there was a tangle of legs. Mm. It, but VAR in the championship, do you know what? Yeah, I don't think it will. I think it will cost too much money. And they haven't got enough officials. To- no, it is expensive. It's very expensive. And you need everything to be televised. You need the whole setup. I don't know what the cost of VAR is. Uh, Must be. I don't know. But it's got to be a pricey, pricey thing. uh, Exactly. Apparently, uh, allegedly, we've got got goal line technology in the championship now, which was something I wasn't aware of somebody some somebody said online well, when the ball crosses the line there's a the referee has a, a like a, a watch um, which shows it's crossed the line because because apparently that was cameras pointed down and that was quite expensive but var i think is in its millions isn't it because of the yeah yeah no it, it is a pricey thing I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, it, it it it's a should we have it? <laughs> Definitely, because we get probably more worse decisions than most teams. <laughs> Certainly, in and around the penalty area, there's always yeah. I mean, there is there is that side of it. I mean, I, I, I'll take your point entirely about the cost of it. Um, I think the thing that I really hate with it, and I I, 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 I like the idea of getting decisions right. I mean, you, no one can truthfully argue with that um deep down because the, you you know you should win or lose on a, on a fair um you know a fair uh, application of the rules and var is a step in that direction not a complete answer i just think it's the delay between of review time i, I watched um a german game neil as i can't remember the two teams one of the bundesliga games they showed last week and a goal was scored and the review, when they were going down to the nth degree of whether his, his, his toe was in front of the, the last defender for the ball through, was it took forever. And that's the bit that I hate. I don't like that delay part. Um, I don't yeah. know if there's a way around that, but it, it just seems forever that they... they so we were for Aldo last weekend, were you? Watching a game for him to pass <laughs> on the line? No. Yeah, no, I make you right, Nick. I think that... I think that when they start going about, is somebody's nose in front? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it strikes me that's not that's not strictly the application of the of the offside rule because I mean, I'm not a referee and I don't claim to be an expert on football law. But the basically, if you're level with the last defender, you're on side, as I understand it. Um, but the a strict application of VAR nil means that you can never really, no one's ever truly level, are they? I mean, there's always going to be a fraction of something in front of somebody else. That rule. Yeah, they were talking about uh, a body part length or something, or you have. <laughs> yeah, which I always thought it was. Yeah, well, not you. Yeah, well, not your fingernail that you had. No, no. This um... To be honest, I think they're I think they're speeding it up a lot. There seems to be a lot less controversy around VAR. Well, it's speed of speed of decision is key, isn't it? That's yeah. that's that you need that. I'm not sure. I mean, Danny's saying here about um, he thought it was a foul, but then he would do, wouldn't he? To quote Mandy Rice Davis um, last week, and I'm not sure VAR would have given it really because you know, having looked at it a few times, you, there's a hint of a little trip in there, and whether that would have been enough to disallow the goal or not, I 
don't know. Um, I think you just defend better. I think that's, that's the solution. Isn't it? Yeah, well, they need to be a little bit stronger. Yeah, <laughs> you have got bullied out of the ball. Yeah, well, that's not be. Yeah, well, that's not beat around the bush. They were bullied out of the ball. Well, there, there it is. It's that, and that's what's going to govern the outcome of the season because there's plenty of decent teams that will push you around if you let them, and that's not been traditionally the Millwall way. If there is a Millwall way, um, but I yeah. think that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, there was one player not being strong enough, and then there was another one that came in and completely got in everyone's way. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, without actually doing anything, I think I think it was Danny Mac ran across, wasn't it? Yeah, it's defensive technique there, or certainly defensive um, skills yeah. in that situation. Yeah, but I think um, he should have cleared the player out, really, shouldn't he, and picked up the yellow card for the team. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to take the player down. I mean, better to concede the free kick on the halfway line, draw a yellow, possibly. Um, that's you know, better that than concede the goal. That's that's that's. That's the hard reality of football, isn't it? Um, but anyway, there we are. We'll, we'll see on the VAR front. I mean, uh, I think you're right. Money will probably control in the end whether it does or doesn't seep down into the championship. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Achtung, Mailball. Um, just looking at some of the Millwall news this week. Um, there's going to be a tribute to Bob Pearson before the game tomorrow versus Reading. I mean, it's applause. Um, it's a nice gesture. I think members of Bob uh, Pearson's family will be in attendance. So, And the, the team will be wearing black armbands to acknowledge a huge, huge contribution to our club. So um, get there early uh, for that. Millwall always do well. It tributes to former players and former members of staff, managers and, and that kind of thing. It's something that Millwall do pretty well. I know they're appealing to people to get in their seats early, so I don't know if they're going to have... I think Father Owen normally comes out and says a few words, doesn't he? And uh, 
Well, just looking at, I mean, we've we've touched on. I don't want to overdo it. We we mentioned Bob last week, but I mean, they've got a list of names here: um, Kevin Callahan, Brian Honkey, Stevens, Alan McCleary, Dean Horrocks. Uh, we've mentioned Neil Harris. We've mentioned Teddy. I mean, the the, the list goes on and on. So he's a major, major contributor to uh, the last forty years at Millwall, really, one way or the other. So. Yeah, and, they, and you're right. The club do do these things very, very well. I imagine some kind of tribute on screen, um, followed by a minute's applause, I, I'm, I'm going to guess. Um, so, yeah, get there early tomorrow for that, listeners. Um, Neil, you, you had a thing, um, a conversation you had um, regarding standing, fan, away fans standing in the in the, um, the away end, um, which is causing a bit of a controversy, apparently. Yeah, this was something I picked up from Hoff, I think, BMC. Yeah. Everybody knows John, don't they? Uh, spoke to Steve Kavanagh about one or two issues. And uh, this was definitely one of them, and it was to do with away fans standing. Okay. At games, and uh, why the lower tier has suddenly been made available to... Uh, to a way support. Yeah, to a way support, because it's, it was something that we've always thought uh, that we've always thought should happen, yeah? Mm, it yeah. would appear as if it's not for any other reason than a local authority Jobsworth has got involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to victimise Millwall for away fans being stood up. Uh, That's fascinating. I, I don't think I'm alone. I, I mean, I, I'll normally stand up in my my little spot. Um, I'll probably attract the interest of that job to earth now, probably next to me tomorrow, watching me stand up. Um, I mean, yeah, football safety group or the certificate certification group, yeah, people. Okay. Uh, that apparently they've that we're the highest for complaints in our division of people standing in the away end. I'm just reading. Off so the there list. must be other away fans, Neil, complaining that their own fans are standing up and obscuring their view. I, I, I can't imagine who else will complain about that. Yeah, no, I uh, unless it's Jobsworth bullied as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably wet the bed a few times. Yeah, yeah, well, most certainly. And if they're listening to this, or even if you do know the person, <laughs> you actually feel free to send a link to this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, but um... it's bed wetter. Have <laughs> they not got anything better to do than to? Oh. Things to say on this. You watch any game in the country this weekend, there will be more people stood up than sat down. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Millwall problem, despite this person trying to make it out to be a Millwall problem. Yeah. I don't know. It it would appear as if yeah, if you're a steward, yeah, you're being paid mm. what? Yeah, what's the minimum wage now? Eight. Oh, uh, they're campaigning for £15 as a minimum wage, so it's going to be less than that at the moment, so I don't know. So, the memory is about a tenner. I, I haven't been involved in that kind of stuff. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah. yeah. You are not going to wade in to a group of football fans stood up in an away end and say, excuse me, do you mind sitting down to be told to 
F off. Very hard thing to enforce. I'd say almost impossible to enforce it unless you start, as you say, dragging one or two out, and that is going to go badly wrong. I mean, I've never seen, I've been away for a little bit with one thing and another, listeners, but um, where people have tried to enforce anything like that with Millwall away support, they, they give it up quite quickly because, you know, we, we have a support that will not um, be told what to do um, lightly. Yeah. Exactly, and it and it would appear as if that it looks like we're going to have to install safety barriers at the back of the away end, safe standing style, to make sure that it can be kept open. That's the upper tier, and that's going to cost a hundred thousand pounds, apparently. Um, and the right. other, yeah, the school of thought is uh, from somebody from a fan in the know knows a couple of people. Mm. Uh, Phil Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Phil, I had to vote you, mate. Uh, You've been answered, mate. <laughs> yeah, it makes a very good point, actually. It made a very good point to me on Hoff, that why would the club spend that money when when the regeneration kicks off and uh, yeah. in, in the area, we're going to, yeah, we're virtually going to rebuild the ground, aren't we? And uh, making well, well, there's talk of talk of um, filling in corners is always the, the great thing, isn't it? I, I wasn't aware of any rebuild inside the stadium, other than cosmetic stuff. I, I don't know about I don't know about revamping the interior of the stadium from that. Um, I mean, the, the couple of things strike me on on that question is, you know, there's, there's a whole movement now for uh it's called safe standing which is rail seating it's, it's like a um you know you, you still have a seat but you can stand up and lean on a on a barrier that's in front that's geared towards the fan standing i mean i think standing in seated areas is innately dangerous because you can topple and so there is a there is a there is a safety issue there if you like um i wasn't aware of it being a particular problem for us but i suppose if there is a jobs worth there, Neil, in the football certification group, they wield great power, um, and they can. Well, they'd, yeah. be hard, they'd be hard pushed to to withdraw the safety cert, but you can yeah, do stuff. Exactly. You know? It seems as if Millwall are being bullied by the bedwetter. We've got we've got his whole life mapped out here, listeners. Yeah, but exactly. It just seems it just seems a bit unnecessary. I don't. I don't ever recall it being a problem other than when, was it the Cardiff fan decided to go for a fly off the top tier? But that wasn't, that was, that was not seating related. That was because he wanted to have it with some fans in the lower deck of, uh, it would be the, would be the West End, wouldn't it? And he was, he was giving it too large and then fell off. But that was just human folly. Cause I mean, you, you know, don't, don't put yourself in positions where you might fall off. I know the law doesn't always reflect that common sense approach. Oh, for that reason was it? Yeah, but he's forever ingrained into Millwall folklore. Oh, he is. Yeah, no, he, he was doing the old wanker sign. I think he got on top of the of the ledge to give it even more uh, venom to his to his gesturing, and then fell off, endangering his life. As far as as far as this is, I mean, this is an interesting story, really. I mean, I, I imagine then that they're going to re, really opened up the lower tier, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, and um, right. letting fans down. Well, that, that's got security aspects, I suppose, Neil, isn't it? You know, be select. You can't give it to the likes of Birmingham, Cardiff, no, uh, where there have been 
Although I think Cardiff probably changed a little bit. I've never known there to be you can walk in and around Cardiff now. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, going off slightly on the tangent, I was listening to the price of football recently. Yeah. That unfunny Nigel. <laughs> uh, the one idiot himself, I can't Kevin bloody day or whatever he's called <laughs> described Millwall's away end as not fit for purpose. And this is coming from a club that you've uh, actually got asbestos in the roof, stinks, piss and onions. I've uh, never been in the away end actually. I mean, I, I can't, it's, it's tight. It's tightly up against the outdoors is tightly up against the sports center around there. Plenty of room around the rest of the ground, but then it's the away end. So very rarely are they more comfortable or well appointed than the yeah, home. It's a Jeremy Kyle stand, isn't it? And there's never a problem there. I just think it's just one of those situations where somebody is looking to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. Well, Millwall was always a handy name to throw into the mix, whether you know, whatever your subject, whatever whatever your cause you're you're pounding. Um, if you can say you you achieved something at Millwall, it's got this kind of you know diabolical kind of uh, reputation, and so therefore you're like white erp cleaning up. Yeah, Deadwood. yeah, well, you've spoken about in hushed tones, <laughs> your bed in Korea, but yeah, if, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, as, as a general principle, I mean, safe standing, I think, is a good thing. I think the the loss of standing, properly monitored, properly safety uh, conscious, blah, 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 was a bit of a loss for football in this country. I mean, it, it came in the aftermath of the 80s and, and the Hillsborough and, and all the rest of it and the Bradford disaster and all that kind of thing. So I think anything that gets a return to designated areas with safe standing um i don't know that our stadium is particularly geared up for it i mean there's another thing i read neil that the, the shape of the our stadium was designed to conform with the taylor report and i don't know that we lend ourselves particularly easily to, to standing up so i don't know what the club's gonna do on that front but it, it would be have... interesting because i because i actually guessed that the the way you put your feet it's not exactly the widest is it so I would in our ground, it would probably create more problems than it would solve. Big, big problem where I stand is bird shit, and that, that's a that, that that that's a very unsafe thing. I can tell you that much. But anyway, that's a, I won't pound it's on about the dicky birds. Come around and decided <laughs> the bird. Come have a look, <laughs> Mister Bedwetter. Come have a look at the birds. It's <laughs> where I sit, stand, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, yet again, we start off talking about a serious subject, <laughs> and it rapidly descends into toilet humour. Achtung, Mehlball. Oh dear, we'll see how that, that little um, controversy unfolds. And if you're listening, Mr. Bedwetter, we'd love to get you on the show. Do do give us give us a shout. I won't call you Mr. Bedwetter when you come on. I will. <laughs> Neil will, but I won't. Um, another little thing that I mean, there's a brief flurry of controversy in the week, Neil. Um, was there was a brief moment where the Millwall Community Trust lent its name to a an initiative, a trade union um, initiative called Enough is Enough, which um, related to a series of overtly political demands, um, which the TUC have put together 
relating to um, food poverty and, and the need to raise living standards and energy and all the other things that are going on. Um, and I don't particularly want to delve too deep into it because I think it was that there was a tweet posted through the Mill the Mill Community Trust that was then deleted because they were lending their name to something that was quite distinctly in the realm of the political rather than the community issues. Where the barrier lies between those two issues is a whole different debate, listeners. And this is a football podcast, so I don't want to get into that. But it just struck me, Neil, that um, football and politics which have always been linked naive to think otherwise but it's quite a it's a very delicate minefield to tread your way through isn't it i mean we've seen a few issues in recent years the the taking of the knee being one of them um and various other um you know the identification of football with various causes uh which on the can can, can take you into some delicate areas at times and don't always work for the it doesn't always work out for the best. And this 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 was a brief flurry. It got deleted, and that's the end of that. So I don't particularly want to flog the MCT for this. But it, it, it's, a, it's a good example of how lending your name to an overtly political cause doesn't always work well in football. Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, well, on the face of it, you read the... You read the... You read the mission statement for that enough is enough. Yeah. And I think most people, unless you're particularly warped, <laughs> some of our fans are because apparently <laughs> that they don't read in, they don't look at the bigger picture. You'd actually agree with most of the aims of that enough is enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, you have to actually eradicate food poverty. You have to actually eradicate food poverty being one, and we do give all of our revenue. Uh, from this podcast, not just profit, the whole of our revenue to the Lions Food Hub, Uh, £15 an hour minimum wage, affordable housing, etc., etc., etc. And on the face of it, you think, actually, yeah, no, they've got a point. And to be honest, I was having a conversation with my mum yesterday afternoon, and we were talking about renationalising energy and utilities and rail and it was the one thing i probably agreed with jeremy corbyn on (laughs) and uh but then you dig into it a little bit deeper and then you look at this enough is enough and it's hard left momentum behind it and when you and when you get people like uh, uh the guy yeah the guy that's wreaking havoc from the rail unions mick cash oh lynch mick lynch yeah, Mick Lynch coming out in favour of it and saying how great it is and dang with the government strike. Uh, you kind of think, yeah, uh, there are a great number of initiatives around, one of them being Rainbow Laces. It's, I'm not gay, that's get it straight, but I don't I don't I don't hold it against anybody who is. But uh, but you see Sky preaching about rainbow laces at the cricket and they do all these interviews but but then again last weekend they took her yeah they did business with one of the biggest abusers of gay rights in the world saudi arabia well, so, this is it this is it um same as to take the knee to start off with it was a it was a strong thing but then it just becomes a bit samey doesn't it and i think in this country we we actually allow broadcasters in particular 
who dictate to us and our sport clubs what's going on and what we will do, way, the way we will behave at games. And I just think it was just an unfortunate situation. Some junior member of staff, let's not hang them out to dry, and I'm being serious. No, 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 far from it. Um... it it's one of those unfortunate things that happens. You would have thought that the club would run the Twitter account. I'm surprised they'd leave it to a junior member of staff. Some things like this, and particularly the hard left, if they were to have seen that tweet and then all of a sudden it's disappeared, it just opens up a whole can of worms you can do without. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you just going back to the the enough is enough initiative, which um, I mean, you're right. Um, each of the aims of of, of the uh, campaign are in themselves stuff that most people would want to see. I mean, that, that no one wants to see. I hope no one wants to see people not having um, being able to put their, their their heating on or their lights and and not having enough to eat and and then all the rest of it. it, it these are all good aims. The achievement of how you get there is something that should be settled through the ballot box. Um, there is obviously a campaign is, is 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 brings things to people's attention. I just think there's a danger for football to get too too overtly linked with things that rightly belong in the realm of politics rather than um, general uh, mainstream aspirations for people. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but. Um, some things do belong at the ballot box. That's where it should be settled. Um, in, taking taking time to actually look into the uh, the rights and wrongs of any particular campaign is always worthwhile. I've listened to Mick Lynch. Uh, he's an interesting bloke. There was an interview with another name that people suck their teeth at when he does an interview with James O'Brien on, on as a podcast. There, it's quite interesting. because I don't think he's quite the person that he gets painted as in the media. I think there's always a danger that the media will cast you as a cartoon uh, rather than a real person. But if, we, if you agree with him or you don't agree with him, then the place at the end of the day is to settle that is, is at the ballot box. That's how it should be done. But It always used to be that you came together with people of different persuasions for 90 minutes on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday evening, don't you? And you're all united in one common cause. And that's that football, yes. I mean, I, I, I take great pleasure in the fact, I mean, I know many people through Millwall, I mean, yourself included now. I mean, I, you don't necessarily agree with every single person you meet in this life, but you can have a civil conversation. You could even call them friends, you know. You don't agree with every single friend that you have, do you? You know, it's, it's a range of conversations. Yeah, it, it, uh, but... I think you're in danger of over-politicising. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been and it's gone. It was taken down, and probably rightly so. Um, I think you can support the Enough is Enough initiative, or you can not support it, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not, not a football matter in that sense. You can support their aims, but it's just one of those things, isn't it? Somebody screwed up and... Yeah, we're no big deal, really. At the end of the day, no harm done. Yeah, but it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, we filled we filled in ten minutes of podcast. Achtung, Milval. I was trying to try to think how we can close it out, and um, I was I, I come up with some really boring. There was a, there was a, a Bournemouth apparently have developed a means of scoring from kickoff, and uh, it was done by Mbappe. But it's just boring. It's a TikTok thing, apparently. Uh, they they kick it off and they get forward quickly and score a goal. But I can't be bothered with that. 
<laughs> I've got TikTok. I never look on it. It's not not my uh, not my scene. Um, but what what did strike me this morning, and I thought we'd close with this, is um, Arsenal have released the new um, pre-match. I don't know if this is a kit or if it's a pre-match shirt, but it's horrible. It's a to to show solidarity with their Jamaican community. They produced a Jamaican flag coloured shirt with our Arsenal badge on it. it it's I mean, Leary doesn't do it justice. Now, I don't know if you had a look at this thing, but it's it's like something from they had an an eighties V shirt, didn't they? And it's I think it's trying to go down that road. But it's in the red, the green, golden, black colours of the flag of Jamaica, and it pays tribute to those who call North London and Jamaica home. And it's a really Leary shirt. I bet they sell loads of it. <laughs> it's horrible. They've got a, yeah, they've got a Neil Smith row, a white player publicising it. <laughs> I mean, I, I just wonder what the Millwall version would be. I don't know. We'd probably have to have, um, we'd probably have to have a Scottish version, or something, or maybe an Irish version. I think probably more, given the number of Irish players we've had over the years. A, a green, yeah. gold, and white one, maybe. Yeah, no. This is uh, with many Jamaicans living across our local community and across the capital. I would have thought, yeah, a they are going to sell. Quite a lot of them, but oh, they'll sell they'll sell loads of this. Yeah, they'll sell loads of ending, isn't it? I mean, it's horrible. I mean, I wouldn't wear it. I mean, I wouldn't wear it not because of any. I'm, not, I'm neither pro nor anti Jamaica. I've never been to to the country, but it's just. I mean, it's an Arsenal shirt, of course, but you know the actual design of it is 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 um it's in your face. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, well, I know that Mill will get enough stick for for this, that, and the other, don't they? But this is just another. When you're in a cost of living crisis, I'm going to get a little bit political here. Go on. What Go. goes through these club brains that all of a sudden people are struggling for to heat and to put food on the tables? So a club decides to release a, a limited, a special, special edition shirt. There's a vast market in that kind of thing, though, Neil. Vast market. I mean, I'm, I bet this sells big, even though it's horrible to my eye. Um, people will snap it up. Yeah, but you just wonder that. You ever think of Brentford? Didn't they? Aren't they still wearing the same kit as last year mm. uh, to give it a longevity? What happened to wearing these things and for two years? And it's marketing dressed up as social concern. Yeah. I, th I think we're going back to what we've just talked about. Yeah, it, it's this corporate desire to be right on because it makes you a lot of money. Actually, if you if you get it, oh, get it. because they because there are because well, let's get it right, and we see them down the den. Yeah, there are people that buy any old tat, <laughs> there are. and tut as sugar would say on the <laughs> on the apprentice yeah they will buy any of this rubbish won't they and yeah, yeah they will they will and they do and they do um Even I, think, I think Neil Walsh should produce one and get, make it really controversial do it in green orange and white and so for our irish links yeah well that's... they'll go down a storm and off <laughs> yeah well let's be honest yeah this is absolutely hideous it is hideous <laughs> right People will buy it, but what makes it even worse is that if you buy one of these hideous monstrosity, <laughs> leave it in its wrapper, don't wear it, probably in 10 years, 15 years' time, 
You'll probably get two, three hundred quid for it on, on eBay. People say, well, people do sell these old. There was an old uh, Millwall eighties shirt. There was one of them. Uh, go always goes down in one of the kind of. Um, I think it was a training shirt. It wasn't an actual shirt that we wore, but was... you money in this thing, in this kind of thing. You, you, you see that some of these Millwall shirts mm. are going. People are paying hundred and fifty pound and things like that. It's absolutely crazy money. I think it's probably a lot more than it's worth. But then again, what do you gauge it's worth? Is what somebody will pay for it. Well, precisely, precisely. And uh, the away, uh, the third shirt, which I think we wore at Norwich last weekend, didn't the, we? The red one. Yeah, it is a throwback to the old Captain Morgan shirt, isn't it? And we, uh, we don't need that. We we could have worn our blue shirts out there. I don't know why we need them. You, you you're absolutely right. It used to be that we used to have one of those gearish coloured third shirts mm. for the odd occasion where somebody wore blue and whatever colour stripes it was. or And I don't remember them much earlier than 10, 15 years ago. That it's, we... it's a desire to sell stuff, sell stuff. I mean, the, the red shirt... Is, uh, is pleasant to look at it doesn't do much for me in the end at the end of the day we will play in a blue shirt and they have a, an alternative I, I quite like just a plain white shirt Neil. yeah we pay yeah we play in the wrong color blue shirt let's be honest <laughs> but why do we need a third shirt and there will be people that will buy it that will be foaming at the mouth to buy it 10 minutes after the club give it the big sell that makes me laugh that the club shop haven't got it. Invariably, the club shop have never got this stuff. Yeah, can I just bring one thing up? Of course. It's something that we had on the agenda and that we haven't spoken about. Oh. Mel Bingham. Oh, uh, the British Legion um, badge, yes. Organising badge. I know that you yeah, well, I know that you used to bring out a lot of badges. I used to. Um, I haven't done it for a long time for one reason and another, listeners. But this is a great initiative, Neil, um, for the, the uh, Poppy uh, appeal this year. Um, yeah, I've a lot of good work in that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm not just saying it because you threatened me to come <laughs> 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 around. But, no, Mel does brilliant work. She in, does, yeah. She was behind... Uh, the Lee Callahan bench, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that, but yeah, I've seen the bench, obviously. Yeah, um, she was, um, and various other things. She does the poppy appeal each year for yeah. the, for the, the um, Legion. Yeah. Does absolutely brilliant work on it, and there's a competition. It's across everybody's socials uh, where you can design a poppy badge. Uh, that there's going to be, I think, a limited run of a thousand. Yeah, and it marks the um, the fortieth anniversary of the Falklands conflict, Neil. Yeah, um, well, yeah, which I remember well. Um, well, as one of my mates' brothers, uh, when I was a child, he fought there, and I can remember the and on the estate that we lived on, there was a party for the guy when he came for a guy when he came back. Yeah, serving and uh, yeah, it, it yeah, it's a great cause. And uh, I'm not, I don't think there's a prize per se, is there? But I think if you, I think, other than the fact that you've designed a badge that's done a lot of good, that should be a prize in it in itself. Yeah, 
exactly. And uh, yeah, no, it's a great initiative. And uh, I think they'll sell a thousand easily because Millwall are great supporters of this kind of thing, Millwall fans. Yeah, and we, <clears throat> we do it well. And this is a great initiative. I'm just thinking on a, on a tangent, actually. The Falklands War is, is one of those events. It's, it's one of the great strange things of your life. Listeners, is when history, your life becomes history. Because I remember it very well, Neil. I mean, you just said about the boy from your estate coming back after serving. I remember the events unfolding, and it was a brutal war. Um, I've, I've read the book by uh, Max Hastings, which gives a very good account of it. It was a close run thing out there, um, which I don't think we were quite aware of at the time in in this country. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a cakewalk, let's put it that way. And when I was when I was working, um, I was a union rep, and I uh, actually represented one of our chaps who had served on one of the merchant naval ships out there, and had been afflicted with uh, the, the stress disorder afterwards because he was attacked. Uh, you know, the missile attack from from the Argentine Air Force. So it's, it's it, it, it seems to me like yesterday, and of course it's 40 years, it's one of those strange moments where your life becomes history, Neil. Um, yeah. Left its effects on a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's a great initiative. Uh, get your kids to design it. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, have a go. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's a great initiative. I think you send your designs, Caramel, Bingham, uh, Millwall, yeah, the, we'll, 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 we'll retweet the. Uh, there's links on the on the club website for it. We'll, we'll give it a retweet. Is you send it into the club, and there's a judging process. Well said. Um, so yeah, good calls, great stuff from from Mel. So huge thank you to Neil for joining me on this Friday morning. Thank you, Neil. No problem, mate. And uh, hopefully, by the time we talk. This time next week, we've got six points in the bag and Vincent Company's crying all the way to the, to the Man City campus. Well, that'd be nice. Thank you to you too, dear listener, for, for tuning in. Um, we'll be back. I'll probably do a live show tomorrow, so I'll be back over the weekend at some point. But some have edited that. But we'll be back on Monday. And then Neil and I, back. Same time next week, next Friday morning. Something for the weekend. Till then, bye for now. You have been listening to Achtung. Millwall, please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon. Up the lines. No one likes us clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, T-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, 
Coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.